people are like, is it that deep? Isn't it is not that deep? Come on, y'all. Why are they and they they didn't really realize the gravity of it or what was coming. They no. didn't know. No, not not just the people in Detroit that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There were several of us who didn't really understand, you know, the full aspect of what we're about to go through. And I thought it was going to be, you know, just a couple of weeks, you know, we'll be on lockdown for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it lasted a lot longer than I expected it to. Welcome to Coffee to Cocktails, a conversation between two friends that spans across the day, starting with the coffee that wakes us up in the morning to take care of business, to the occasional cocktail that lets us wind down and take our hair down at the end of the day. I am Nina. And I'm Kristen, and we are your hosts for the evening, so grab a drink and join us for a little kiki. (laughs) It's been a long weekend it has and my my arthritis is flaring up in my knee and that was another that it, it's funny we're talking about um covid tonight once we get into the topic mm-hmm. because um i i was joking i think it might have been on it was on one of the podcasts but i was joking about how all these afflictions hit at when i turned 40 Mm-hmm. just these random things to be going wrong or whatever and um, sometimes I read up about the long haul symptoms of COVID and some of this stuff that I've suffered is on that list oh wow so yeah when I went to because my knee was bothering me one time and, and um, I went to urgent care to have it checked out and they sent me to the imaging place to get some x-rays and the lady was like yep looks like you got a little arthritis in your knee and she said it to me like it's something typical, like, all the time. <laughs> I was like, what? So, yeah. That is so crazy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, oh. it's a real thing, man. Well, I am sure we'll... Once we get started. Hey, I was going to say, there, there's a lot, lot to cover. Mm-hmm. But before we jump into the topic for the evening, mm-hmm. I am sipping on this Corona Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> do you have the beverage prepared i do i do i'm drinking it now i just took my first sip and and how how do you like this beverage eh, okay so i'm not normally a big uh like a big beer person um i feel like i should have put more orange juice in mine because mm-hmm. the beer still you know is the star of the show the beer to me is overpowering. As soon as I pop the top off uh-huh. of the um, the Corona, mm-hmm. my taste buds was like, I don't know if we're going to enjoy this. Like here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but the it was nice. But yeah, I was gonna say, and it was nice. You know, we always try different drinks, mm-hmm. and so I think um, this is very fitting for our episode this evening. So for our listeners, we are drinking a cocktail and it's called Corona Sunrise mm-hmm. in honor of us reminiscing on the pandemic and talking around things, you know, with coronavirus. Um, so this, this Corona Sunrise <laughs> is made with the Corona beer, orange juice, 
tequila, grenadine, and a lime. Corona beer, who, you know, I might mention they did, you know, suffer a little bit of financial loss <laughs> during this pandemic, you know, because yeah. they had the wrong name at the wrong time. <laughs> so we happy to support y'all. However, we're not big beer people unfortunately <laughs> no i the first thing i was like oh my gosh this beer is is uh the smell of it is overpowering and and like you Kristen, i'm not a huge beer fan mm-hmm. i will enjoy a cider but a lot of the ciders that i've had it's like fruit ciders apple yeah. and peach and pear but this beer is just it just isn't it but it, it's thought- paired with a couple things that i'm like okay um I don't know if I would make this beverage or if I go out, I would order it. Yeah, I mean, and and, and to be fair, if if you guys like, if you guys enjoy beer, then by all means, you might like this uh, this sunrise Corona sunrise. Mm-hmm. But now I I man. think it'll go very well <laughs> with um, Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. I think this is a a perfect beverage for that time. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to dr- to drink Coronas with the lime, but I'm mm-hmm. like, if you want some more of like a, a a sweeter beverage, this this will be it. It sure looks pretty because when I pour that little mm-hmm. grenadine in there for color, it's this beautiful ombre. You know, the bottom is red, the top is yellow. Yes, but it really does look like a sunrise. Man, oh man, the honey. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know about this one. It's strong because the beer is already strong. And then I had that shot of tequila. I broke out the Casamigos for this one. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah it's I'm going to finish it. <laughs> I, I'm struggling to get through it. Uh-huh. I am struggling. I think I, my, the tonic, kind of tequila I use is Jose Cuevo, the uh-huh. uh, tradi- tra- traditional um, brand. And I didn't put too much of that, but you definitely can taste the tequila in this. You got you some of that quiva. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget them girls. <laughs> Reference to an earlier episode. Yes. But um, well, it's in there. It's in there. And I, I am sipping well, slowly, know, but I'm just, sipping. When I was listening back to the episode that we we're about to release on Tuesday, um, well, we were talking about relocating and we were mentioning the espresso stands, uh-huh. and uh, and we were talking about, um, you know, we were just very kind of a little bit indifferent toward coffee. And I'm like, not the coffee, the cocktail girls, like, uh, coffee, huh? give some cocktails. <laughs> no, <laughs> y'all probably ain't gonna see us drinking much coffee out here. <laughs> What I think it'd be good to introduce some coffee so we can do that in the future. Mm. Like I said, I can drink the coffee, but it's when I get finished with it. it, yeah, I get finished with it. It's it's not really co- coffee anymore, but there are a few lattes and mm-hmm. things that I have enjoyed in the past. I'm like, okay, I can I can do this. Just give me some other things to join with it. I love a, um, a mixed coffee, like a a latte. A, um, uh, uh, macchiato mochas yes. and things like that but yeah. I, I'm not like a lot of people I know just love just black coffee give it to me straight and I've never yeah. been a person I just remember back to if I could tell a story really really quick when I worked at Cisco Food Services 
Um, one of my favorite things about working there is there we were surrounded by food. So we would have different restaurant owners come in to the test kitchen and, you know, test out and cook some stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's food in the break room or uh, on Fridays, the brokers would come and they would, you know, want us as the marketing people and the salespeople to try, you know, these things. So they would turn our whole upstairs office into this little buffet. It's chicken tenders over here and all kind of stuff over there. So anyhow, I go into the break room and there's this cake sitting on the table. And it looks like the most beautifully decorated iced, if you like chocolate cake, it looked like the perfect chocolate cake with chocolate frosting and all of this stuff. And nobody had cut into it yet, but it was there for the taking. So I took a first slice of it. Child, why that <laughs> cake was, it, it tastes like coffee. It, it was, was a coffee, coffee cake. It, and it, it, it was a coffee flavored cake. And it wasn't coffee cake like, you know, like them little uh cheese Danish, like they call that coffee cake. Mm-hmm. This was like, it looked like a chocolate cake that was going to taste so good when you cut into it. It tasted like black coffee. Oh my goodness. So I, you didn't uh, finish it, did you? There was, if it's one pet peeve of mine I hate, it's something that don't look like what it tastes like. <laughs> You was ready to buy into some delicious chocolate and it was coffee. Oh, I felt like I got punked. It was awful. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> well, we I think we will be featuring some coffee. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I think it might not be a bad idea to feature um, some type of coffee for a future episode so mm-hmm. we we will see maybe we'll use some Kahlua in a drink something yes coffee liqueur <laughs> <laughs> sorry I think this might be getting to me <laughs> this drink oh my goodness I am sipping again I am babysitting like no other this drink is going very very slow in my cup I'm looking at this like I made this drink Almost 45 minutes ago, and it's still here. It's still full. Huh? It looked like you ain't putting yeah. a dent in it. <laughs> Ooh, I'm struggling. Ooh. Well, um, because we are almost at a, another, um, I guess, year, you know, this will be year three mm-hmm. that COVID has started. So in 2020, we're three years later. Um, that COVID has, you know, come and impacted a lot of our lives, well, oh every, everybody's life, not a lot, but everyone's life. So we wanted to just kind of bring this um, topic and this cocktail and talk around things, some of the challenges, the difficult times, and mm-hmm. then maybe some opportunities or positive endings that came out of, of COVID. Yeah, because man, oh man, it sometimes I really do need to see like what the good end of any of this was because I mean what a dark time you know everybody was struggling I remember the first day Mm -hmm. that um I don't know if it was the first day maybe it was like two days later but it was first the last I would say the last day I was at work and Mm -hmm. a lot of this was going on it was um I think it was March 13th, Friday, March 13th, three years ago. Yeah. I was at work. I worked downtown in the corporate office. So um, 
you know, we had a Kroger store that's close to downtown that had just opened like maybe a year before that. And so I was hearing some of the buzz. First, it started with the toilet paper. We couldn't find toilet paper. I didn't understand that. So I went to the store and I picked up a couple of things just to take home. I bought things like ground turkey, um, you know, like some bread, mm-hmm. you know, just lunch meat, just certain things. And I'm like, okay, just in case, I'm not really sure what this is going to look like. So I purchased the stuff in the store, took it back to this, is like, you know, right before I started working, mm-hmm. went back to the building. Uh, it's walking distance. So I went back to the building and I put the things in the refrigerator. So when I left work, I could just grab the items and then I just, you know, went to my car and went home. And when I left um, work, I went to go pick up Brielle and then we went to another Kroger store that was close to our house. Yeah. When I walked in that store, I then realized and I started to get, you know, a little scared of what was going to come. Uh-huh. We went to the produce section. There was nothing there. This store looked like it was going out of business. There was nothing in the frozen department, nothing in the produce section. The shelves were very, very bare because everybody had buy- had been buying things up. Oh so my we God. get home and I still don't really understand everything. And when I had left um, that week, mm-hmm. earlier that week, uh, my manager was like, hey, we could probably get something set up because we might end up being at home and work from home for a little bit can you help get these things set up? And I was like, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, here's like a presentation that we all can just kind of talk on. We all had laptops so we can work from home and um, we were using Microsoft Teams. So we still could do our work, still we'll see, what pe- see people and, you know, work outside the office. Mm-hmm. So Sunday comes and I think our governor um, just shut everything down. So yeah. then Monday, you know, the kids didn't have school. I didn't go to work. Still not understanding. I'm thinking like, okay, this is probably going to be a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize it was going to last as long as it did. Ooh, I mean, who knew, right? Who, Nobody who? knew. I just, um, I remember, um, well, if I could frame it for me, we had just moved to Dallas. We had just relocated. Um, and I just remember getting here and being so excited, like it's cold and wintertime here now, but when summertime hits, we're going to every park, every museum, Mm. doing all the things and little did we know. And I just remember Marcus, he was in third grade at the time and I went to pick him up from school, did the whole pickup line, you know, typical day. And it was the last day before their spring break. Mm-hmm. So here we are thinking, okay, spring break's coming. We're all for a week, back at it the week after. And, uh, <laughs> well, we get into that spring break week. And, you know, that Monday I took Marcus out to do, you know, some fun stuff while he was out of school. I think we went to Andretti, the, the car racing mm-hmm. place. Uh-huh. And I remember us getting, we went to Andretti and then we went to eat at Cheddar's. And I remember getting in the car and, um, and the person on the radio saying the first COVID case has um, been uh, found in Frisco. And I was oh, like, wow. Lord have mercy, it's hitting home. Because I have been following this news since, you know, probably since February of 2020 mm-hmm. because of friends in Seattle where the first cases were, they yes. were already shutting down their schools like in February. Mm-hmm. 
And so when they said that, I was like, okay, Marcus, I think this was the last hurrah for a uh, little spring break activities. We're going to stay home for a little bit. And I remember I hunker- hunkered down on March 11th. I went uh, grocery shopping for the last time, maybe on March 10th. Might have been March 11th. But I mm-hmm. remember coming in the house for good and being in the house, you know, aside from maybe putting the trash out for, you know, for a long time after that. It was the weirdest time. It was crazy. So Monday comes around. Mm-hmm. Brielle is not in school. Not only were we dealing with that, you know, in my house, mm-hmm. I was also pregnant. Oh my goodness. Yes. Come talk about it, COVID mama. Because <laughs> I was also carrying a life. So oh, my friend, my pregnant now, friends at that time, I just thought about y'all. Oh, we, you know, we, we made it. There were a couple of things. It was such an emotional roller coaster during this entire time. So we found out we were pregnant with Kaylin in, I think, November, mm-hmm. October or November. And so that, um, the year before, so in 2019, everything was, you know, still fairly normal. We had mm-hmm. went on vacation to Florida. We were at uh, Disney World in, in Florida for December, um, like right after Christmas. We were there for like the new year. Mm-hmm. So we get back home and we had made plans to go to San, no, not San Antonio. Um, San Diego in California. Mm-hmm. We we're going to, for a spring break, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm pregnant. I can't do as much, but this will be, you know, Brielle's time before her sister gets here. Well, yeah. that trip got canceled. So March 16th comes. That's our first Monday after work. Darren went to work the 13th. I did too. Brielle had school. So the 16th come. There's no school. You know, we're not going into work. Mm-hmm. And man, was that an adjustment. And Brielle was in the first grade at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was a huge adjustment. We were, you know, about to prepare for a new addition to our family. Mm-hmm. She, uh, the social portion of it, like it's one thing for the adults to have no social interaction, but for the children, for the kids, oh my that was such a rough time. I mean, the video games are all that carried us through. The Fortnite and the Roblox and stuff. That's how that was Marcus's connection to the world and to his friends. We had Zoom calls. I think they had a couple of class activities where they would get together and they would, you know, break them out into um, little groups and they Mm -hmm. would send assignments, you know, online and try to interact with the kids there. But it, it just it wasn't the same. It wasn't. I, you know, one of the first things I did as soon as I found out everybody was going to be working remote, nerdy Kristen, I bought stock in Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Because I knew everybody would, idea. Be, would be, you know, would be using it for stuff, you know. Um, and there was all the different, you know, I think, I don't even know, I don't know if Skype was still being used much back then, but, you know, there was Google Meet and stuff, but I just knew from work that zoom was about to be it and you know i was right <laughs> you you were because that's exactly what we used during that time mm-hmm. i remember the zoom calls you know you were making phone calls and facetime calls if you had you know, iphones 
with your friends, you know, yeah. your your family, mm-hmm. coworkers, you know, the kids and their classmates. Um, that was that was something that kind of saved us a little bit. You still had interaction with those people you couldn't be around, but you still were able to, you know, talk with still them. Able to reach out. I mean, and people started using Zoom, you know, beyond just like conference calls and stuff. It became mm-hmm. Like Marcus attended birthday parties on Zoom. Yes, you know there there were all kinds of things like some you know I, I what I noticed about um you know uh, social media was that that is when you really saw an influx of people going live because I mean yeah. people used to use the live feature a little bit. But I, you know how you see it at the top of when you're on your phone on Instagram, you can see mm-hmm. stories and then you see who's live. Mm-hmm. And I just remember scrolling through that thing and usually it's maybe one or two lives going on at a time and then the rest is just stories. But everybody would be live. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, it, it was the only way to communicate. And I, I just remember a period in there where I was just super frustrated because... um. You know, if I if I might make myself look like a little bit of a space cadet, but those who know me know, you know, I'm a Christian girl, but I'm also um, a little bit woo woo. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend who reads tarot cards and um, I, you know, at the time I used to just not really subscribe to that or whatever. But I was really interested to hear what she had to say about COVID and whatever the card was in the cards for predictions and stuff. Please don't think I'm a heathen, y'all. But (laughs) anyhow, um, I will say that a lot of what my friend said and heard that um, her thing is still out there on YouTube today um, because she used to put her, her readings on YouTube. A lot of that stuff that she said came to pass. And truth be told, she, after listening to that, her read was the reason why I went into seclusion on March 11th because I felt like, you know, I had heard what was coming. And there was a period of time where I was super upset at my peeps back home because in Michigan, you know, they were still out, you know, about to do St. Patrick's Day and all of this stuff, March 17th. And it didn't really hit a lot of those people back home that I knew anyway until they canceled that bas- that NBA game. Mm. And even still, people were like, is it that deep? Isn't It is not that deep. Come on, y'all. Why are they? And they, they didn't really realize the gravity of it or what was coming. They no. didn't know. No, not, not just the people in Detroit that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There were several of us who didn't really understand you know, the full aspect of what we're about to go through. And I thought it was going to be, you know, just a couple weeks, you know, we'll be on lockdown for a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it lasted a lot longer than I expected it to. The only place that you could really go was to the grocery store. You know what? There's a picture that I probably will put out to supplement this um, when we release it. Mm-hmm. it's a picture of me because um, I had learned how to like if you didn't have any face masks yet because up to that point I mean now it's common you know face mm-hmm. masks are everywhere up to that point I ain't had, had never had no masks in my house for what right right so I have been watching you know little Facebook shorts and things like how to cover your face 
how to make a mask if you don't have one you know makeshift mask and I learned this trick of how to fold this uh, fold a t-shirt around your head so it forms a mask (laughs) and it's this picture of me I swear I look like Sub-Zero from uh, Mortal Kombat (laughs) all you can see is my eyes and this is me going to the grocery store Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the grocery store, and again, it hadn't fully hit yet, but I was just taking precaution. I had mm-hmm. on gloves. I was fully covered. Couldn't see nothing but my eyes. And uh, it was still people walking around in shorts and flip-flops and everything here yeah. in Texas. You know, people didn't, weren't, you know, they hadn't. It was still during that time where they were like, well, you don't need a mask. Only medical people need a mask. That, you mm. know, nobody knew anything. Oh, what a scary time. <laughs> it was so scary. on everything. Yeah, well, uh, well, I'm glad you could find the Lysol because we could not. It was a shortage. There was, there was so many things. There was a shortage on masks at one point. Mm-hmm. Hand sanitizer. Oh, my goodness. The toilet paper. Okay. I'll never understand that. The toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Shortage on toilet paper. Paper towels disinfectant wipes i mean at one point when i was going to the store mm-hmm. to the grocery store and i would be you know mask gloves and mask and you know just kind of protecting myself uh, i would go down the aisle mm-hmm. and there would be limits on canned goods oh yeah you can you buy, can buy. a couple at a time yeah there was no baking products i guess everybody was doing the same thing i was doing because i know i was making homemade cakes Pies, <laughs> cobblers. You had just got that mixer, right? <laughs> I had just gotten that mixer, and man, me and that mixer were jamming. Me, the mixer, and Kayla in my belly, like, "Ooh, Mama, make some more." So <laughs> it was a lot, you know, trying to find flour, sugar, baking powder, baking soda, like, were gone. Yeah, it was completely mm-hmm. gone. I remember going shopping and, and saying, "Okay, well, you know what? That'd be fun. Something fun to do with bake a cake." And I remember seeing that too. The bacon aisle was one of the areas where it was just sparse, just empty. I remember mm-hmm. I was thinking, I'm lucky Marcus likes lemon cake because that's about the only thing that's left. And then I remember <laughs> I had to make a lemon icing because it, you know, the lemon icing wasn't left. Mm-hmm. And and then as far as toilet paper, I remember going to, you know, unconventional places. To try and find it. Like, I was at the yeah. office store. Yes. I was like, I know state, you know, I know I've seen paper towels and, and toilet paper at Staples. Let me go up in here and see what they got. Office Depot. We actually ordered some paper towels one time from, like, I think Office Depot. And mm-hmm. you would purchase it and then pick it all the the pickup stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm used to going in and getting whatever I needed, but there are a lot of stores who wouldn't allow you to come in. You only have to do pickup. Yes. I remember all the restaurants that, you know, that did the curbside pickup and, you Mm -hmm. know, just, oh, I, I remember one restaurant, you know, when everything first started, when stuff was just shut down, period. Nobody knew what they were going to do next or how to do it. There was one restaurant near us that was like selling off all of their inventory. So, you know, they were selling whole chickens and gallons of milk. And I was like, what in the apocalyptic Bible? (laughs) 
<laughs> like biblical uh <laughs> you know how they talk about you know the pestilence and disease and all of this stuff like, yeah what is going is this like revelation happening right now like what is going on it was so confusing and we weren't really getting a lot of answers now i'm gonna tell you i have never watched the news i i don't really watch the news <laughs> that often because it's nothing ever positive <laughs> on the news Mm-mm. but cnn stayed on all the tvs in our house yeah. and we were trying to you know be in the know understand what was happening and all they talked about was how many cases and how many deaths the and numbers have gone point. up and up and up yeah every i mean it would just be by the hour so not only that was happening but here comes the social injustice oh my goodness oh lordy that time frame so it was a lot to handle and i mean everybody what was everybody doing at that time but sitting at home on their tvs and on their computers yep and all paying sudden, attention you know you you hear um you know, I think the height of it, the, the really like apex of it was the, the incident of the murder of George Floyd. Yep. But before George Floyd, you had Ahmaud Avery. Yes. And Breonna Taylor that were in there. Yes. And then it just seemed like it just kept happening. And because we were forced to pay attention to the news because everything was, it came to a halt. So mm-hmm. there was nothing else to do besides pay attention to the news, you mm-hmm. know, pay attention to what social ne- media was, was um, you know, talking about. And these were the topics. Oh, my goodness. I remember I was scared before I, a little bit before I moved to Texas because another one of the names, um, you know, um, that came up with, within all the racial injustice and, you know, she, she unfortunately lost her life. She was murdered by police. Uh, Atiana mm. Jefferson here in Texas, oh. sitting in her house playing video games late at night. And, you know, I guess a neighbor thought there was something suspicious and called the police. And the yep, police ended up shooting her through the window. I remember that story. And it just, it just seemed like at least, you know, every week. That was it something probably wasn't happening that often, but it yes. seemed like it. Mm-hmm. It seemed like time. right as people were sort of getting accustomed to hearing one name and you know mm-hmm. and showing support for that and hashtagging, doing all this stuff, like it became like a it, it really became kind of like a weird uh routine where it's like yeah. you, know, you hear this news story, let's rally around this person you know remember their name and stuff like that and by the time you're doing that for one here come another one yep it was so it just became so common and you know because every you know I think as African Americans we knew this stuff was still going on but it was just heightened and it was um you know just magnified because everybody was paying attention and I remember um I had three families uh, or three people, most of them had families, that had reached out to me and said, I am so sorry that this is still going on in our country. And they were white people. And I appreciate them, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out. And they said, I cannot imagine what you and your family are going through just kind of witnessing what's happening on TV 
and mm-hmm. you know all the stuff that's happening so I appreciated that but in my head I was thinking this has been going on for so long it's just now it's just heightened because the whole world is watching yeah I mean it, it's magnified you know mm-hmm. do the, the the whole world watching the 24-hour news cycle um social media twitter mm-hmm. you know I mean, social media has really magnified things because you have people coming out saying, okay, if the news ain't going to say this, that, and the other, I will. You yeah. Accounts like, uh, you know, like uh, Sean, I forget his name, but it's the guy that posts on Twitter all the time. Like, if something happens, he'll be like, this is where it happened. These were the people involved. Mm. You know, it, I mean, you have people like that online that, you know, would spread the news where other yeah. people wouldn't. So, man, oh, man. So, so much. So all this is going on and I'm carrying a life. And so I'm trying to keep my emotions intact. Mm -hmm. And I used to really be excited about going to bed. Oh, I can't wait to get into my bed and get a good night's rest. I got to the point where I was like, I don't even want to go to sleep because there was nothing else to do. It was, um, I appreciated that we had a warm home. Um, you know, roof over our head. We didn't have to starve. We had food, mm-hmm. but it was we were just not used to it. Like everything slowed down. It really did, and I mean, it it it, it affected everything. See that that mm-hmm. was the freaked out part about it all for me. And you, and you gotta remember Nina too. This is me on the heels. Of everything happened with Andre. You know, relocating. Mm-hmm. Just settling in after all of that. And one thing I remember, you know, in the early part of my grieving process is just, you know, I mentioned it on the Andre episode. It it literally looked like the sun did not shine the same way. I felt yeah. like everything was slowed down, weird, distorted, and whatever. But that was just my world. And looking back, um, the upshot of that was, well, eventually you know, Lord, please let me eventually get back into the fold. Like, it's painful to just see life going on around me, but I know one day I'll be back in that, you know? Yeah. But when it's everybody in the world, I remember one particular time uh, we were still in the apartment in Frisco and I remember feeling, you know how when you're sick and you're down for a couple days and then you start feeling better and you like make a mental decision to say, okay, I'm going to get out today. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember that happened when I was, you know, at the apartment. I was like, you know what? I wonder what's open. We need to get out and do something. And I said it almost as if we, just our family, had been sick and infirmed and just in the house, holed up by choice and had cabin fever and could just go out. And then mm-hmm. it hit me. Nothing is open. No. The world Absolutely is at a standstill. Everybody's going through this. It was so crazy that they were talking on the news about how California, their air seemed to be a lot more cleaner and clearer. Yeah. Because nobody nobody was driving. driving. Like, I think um, around the LA area or Southern California. Mm -hmm. And they would pan over certain cities and a lot of cities, you know, especially the major ones, a lot of traffic, bumper to bumper. Nobody was driving. Mm -hmm. Nobody was on the road. It just seemed like such a weird moment. And at one point, I'm like, this does not seem real. Mm-mm. Are we really going through this? 
It was surreal. I mean, that I mean that kind of that's one thing I do sort of miss about that period is the, the clear roads. <laughs> but <clears throat> the reason why they were clear, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that, you know. Yeah. I, I'll take a, a, a traffic jam any day over over going through that pandemic because it was just it was just a crazy time. I remember being super worried about my mom because you know they were still having church back home. Oh goodness. And I, you know, I won't mention, you know, specific name of the church, even though it's about to just come out. <laughs> but I was just you know, looking at that pastor, like, what is it going to take for you to stop putting, you're a leader, you're a church leader, and you have all these people that are following you, and, you know, and then under the arc of faith and prayer, and they're thinking it's okay to still be out here when it's really not, Mm -hmm. you know, so when are you going to tell, when, you know, when are you going to get it together, because I go to a pretty big church back home, I know y'all, you know, have the technology and stuff to just broadcast, webcast, you know, you come on TV, like, why are you still bringing the flock out in person? And it just made me mad because I think it was probably at least March 31st, might have been a little later than that before. It's like two weeks. Yeah, but before the church, you know, before the governor of Michigan said, okay, enough, everybody is on lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was Ohio. I think Ohio was one of the first states because I remember uh, Governor Dewine. He was on CNN, mm-hmm. and I think we were probably one of the first states that shut everything down pretty mm-hmm. early. I remember um, March thirteenth. So that night, I think Darren had went out with a couple of friends, and they went to a restaurant. He was like, the bar in the restaurant was completely packed. Again, we weren't really fully aware. Yeah, And I think DeWine had got, um, you know, whiff of all the bars and, and restaurants still being packed. And he was a little upset. So he shut everything down that weekend. So mm-hmm. by Monday, everybody was at home. No school, you know, no work, um, unless you were essential workers. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the places just completely stopped. Like everything. their business just yeah. halted. I remember seeing people, you know, still partying still out still in crowds and just Mm. yeah like dude they don't know i remember one of the first scary things that i saw that hit sort of close to home that you know really kind of bought home how serious it was was um a friend of mine um she was you know she had posted that her friend had passed away from covid and i was like oh my Mm. <clears throat> and so I remember she tagged him and my notes but just went and looked at his page because I, I was just you know really sad to hear he had passed but I sort of wanted to see if there were any signs of like progression and so mm-hmm. sure enough I go to his page and he you know was posting statuses like everybody does and he's like you know I'm hanging out here at this and that spot if anybody wants to come out you know, and he kind of maybe had some little smart alecky things to say about the whole, you know, you know, everybody else is in the house. I'm still out here type deal. Wow. And so, you know, he was out partying and then he posted a stat the next day saying how tired he was or something. Mm. 
and he was fatigued and whatever. Then he posts from the hospital. Like, oh, good lord, guys! I'm having some respiratory issues or whatever, and they're saying I tested positive for COVID. This is real. Don't go out. Stay home. Da 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 da. Child, next thing I scrolled on his page, people posting rest in peace. Oh my gosh. That progression over a number of days. And oh my like <sighs> this this is just serious. And people are playing around in these streets. Yeah. To be out talking about they're not gonna wear a mask, they refuse to do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I'm like There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> and a lot of that people were still out. And like you said, not not wearing a mask, not really protecting themselves. I think there was a story that came out. So, you know, around the March time frame, mm-hmm. spring break, especially for college students, I think they said the Florida, the Florida beaches were packed. Yes, yes. People were still. They were still partying down there. And um, a lot of them actually, when they left to go home, they were talking about the cases starting to increase because a lot of them were out in, in Florida, you know, just enjoying their time. Super Again, not realizing. <laughs> yet, not realizing how serious it was. But it was, I mean, you look at back at it now and it's like every day we were, we were learning a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And again, CNN stayed on in my house. So I used to wait for the debriefs with Dr. Um, Birch Dr. and Dr. Fauci. Yes, Dr. Birch with her scarves. <laughs> yes. Dr. Birch, you up there and, you know, just keeping us all afloat, what was going on, Dr. Fauci. And then our former president sometimes would say something completely opposite of what they were debriefing. Oh, that was just awful because I didn't know, you know, it was hard to know what was real, what was not. Yeah. You know, what was, uh, you know, who was pandering to whom, who, you know, it, it, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> it was so much going on, you know, so on times when I didn't really want to watch CNN, like, okay, I've, I've had enough for today. Let me take a break. You saw talking about some of the TV shows, a lot of them were very limited or they got canceled because they weren't filming. Yeah. I mean, that's when it really what can do things like that. When, when movies and things, you know, shut down filming, when your TV shows aren't coming on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, when, when all the stuff that you just sort of take for granted, like, you know, it's just always there. It's not. You know, when yeah. you're when you're when your news anchors and stuff, you can tell they're doing a makeshift thing because nobody's actually at the studio. They right. are, you know, had a setup in their home and it's all yes. split screens and you know, that's when it really hits like this is a global pandemic. Yeah. Not just America, not just my city or this the entire earth. <laughs> Man. So, so very crazy. We would make up games in our house. So mm-hmm. it was the three of us. We had to celebrate, um, you know, birthdays. Uh, mm-hmm. They finally kind of started to lift things up a little bit during the summer. Mm-hmm. So there's birthdays first in April. We really didn't do too much then. We just kind of celebrated just the three of us at the time. Uh, or three and a half of us at the time. <laughs> 
And then Brielle turned seven that year and she was like, you know, I want a bike and she wanted to do more. But what we told her we had to do was we went, we were able to go to the store to mm-hmm. Dick's, get a bike picked out for her. And then she wanted to order food from one of the restaurants that we have here, uh, Cooper's Hawk. Mm-hmm. And so she said, I want the cheeseburger. So we, uh, we ate dinner, um, picked it up, ate lunch. It was actually lunch. And you know, we played a few games for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And for my birthday in July, we were able to go out to lunch um, at a restaurant, but it was outdoor seating at the time. You can't go inside. You had to kind of eat outdoors. We did that. So I actually was 37 weeks pregnant during that time. And Kaylin came two weeks later. Oh, the hospital experience was is so different from the first baby. Wow. So, so different. You know, we had to wear a mask. It was just Darren and I, like nobody could come visit. Mm-hmm. It was just the two of us in the hospital. They basically said once somebody got there, they would have to stay. So he um, was able to go get food and then come back. Mm-hmm. But he stayed. And then I think he also, I think he maybe went home just one night. So they were just a little bit, uh, some of the stuff was, was lifted up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have a baby. You have people come visit you. There were no visitors. Oh, they my goodness. So Miss Brielle was where? With Darren's parents? Yep, she was with her grandparents. Um, we had her stay with them mm-hmm. even after we came. We brought Kayla home. She came over the the next day after we got home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. But then after she came to visit, she had to go back with them because we were still trying to get things, you know, settled and make sure yeah. everything was all good. It was such a different time. The hospital experience was strange. They were trying to keep us in the hospital. You know, you have a baby, you go to the hospital, you don't get rest. Mm, <laughs> There's no rest. There's a nurse for you, a nurse for the baby. But it wasn't very, it wasn't as pleasant. Yeah. I mean, I was ready to go. Probably on edge. It probably wasn't your yeah. typical, you know, when you're in the maternity ward because mm-hmm. now you, you know, I mean, how were the precautions with like contacting people and um, the the social distancing and all? How did yeah. that work out in the hospital? I mean, they had a mask. I think um, I didn't have to wear a mask, but we still mm-hmm. had them. I think I think when no, they entered the room. We put on masks. Okay. And then it. when they left, we were able, you know, to be a little bit more lax. Mm-hmm. But the nurses would come in, the doctors would come in, everybody had masks on. Again, it was just a, it was just the two of us, or three of us after she, you know, arrived, but it was the three of mm-hmm. us in the room and it just seemed so um it was it we were excited that she was here, but it was so different to the point where you're like, This is kind of sad. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's that whole thing. Remember last week when I mentioned, um, you know, sort of a, a little bit of my postpartum depression involved, you know, a little bit of uh, concern about the world that I bore a child into. <laughs> so it, it seemed like it would be magnified during something as impactful as yeah. a pandemic. And you got this brand new little baby. I mean, you bring a baby home. It's like you protecting them from a pandemic anyway, even in the best yep. of circumstances. You're right. Nobody breathe on her. 
nothing <laughs> like everything is sterile and clean and perfect so now you know I can't imagine having you know well precious newborn baby and then being afraid of you know COVID that we didn't really know about at you know mm-hmm. too much so and by the time she arrived we probably we know we knew a little bit more mm-hmm. uh but things hadn't gone back to normal at that time so you're still cautious of things you know if we would take her out mm-hmm. it would be outdoors and um Bria was cheering at that time so they mm-hmm. had all their activities of course outdoors if they wanted to do any competitions they would normally have indoors, but this time, that time of year, it was outdoors. So we would yeah. go and we would sit. You know, you could tell families were all sitting together, but then you also would give people space. Yeah, yeah. Just a reminder that you can listen to us on podcast platforms like Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple. All you have to do is search for Coffee to Cocktails. And stay in touch with us outside the podcast. Email us at coffee to cocktails podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and review. It was just, just, man, I, I, I'm started, you know, talking with friends and family mm-hmm. and they started to talk to share around how the fear became depression like a lot of people got into a moment where it was it was depressing it was things you know afraid of the unknown Mm -hmm. and then all you would see on tv was the number of cases and the number of deaths that kept increasing i mean that'll take a toll on you itself i mean you really it was a time where you really you know if you know how to do it uh, you really had to like manually apply any positivity in your life I remember um, really getting into movies and Netflix and rerun Mm -hmm. of shows Um, I remember going for walks you know Mm -hmm. you knew okay it's safe to you know just socially distance from people you can still go get some fresh air and take a walk I remember me and the boys you know Miles was still age I put him in his stroller and you know Marcus would have his little scooter we walk around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and I actually was so had been searching for a house before everything happened and had um, made an offer on the house that was accepted so when everything went down I was like okay I'm gonna have to when is my closing date I'm gonna have to yeah. move during this whole shenanigans like how is that mm. gonna work out so, yeah. The housing market, and maybe it wasn't at that time, mm-hmm. but then when things started to settle, the housing market just went crazy. And we still experiencing the residuals from that. Yes. I, I mean, people were, you know, trying to buy, if you were going through the process of buying a house, mm-hmm. um, when things started to settle a little bit, you probably either backed out because you're like, the, the interest rate is insane. And mm-hmm. then the prices of the homes, like, well, last year it was worth $200,000 and then now it's worth $400,000. What is going on? I remember being told a month, about a month after I um, closed on my house, 
that the equity was already up, you know, by a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, it it was something else. I I remember out here, there was an influx of people, because, I mean, you sitting around your house, and now you're starting to see what's missing in your house. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been outfitted to work from home, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? I need to create an actual office space at home. So there's a lot of remodeling oh, yeah. going on. Yeah. Oh, a lot my of, goodness. A lot of people were putting pools in. The price mm-hmm. of that got hiked up. Um, You know, people were just trying to really, since we're going to be home, let's make our home into an oasis. <laughs> yes. You You talked about adding addition or uh, adding on to your home mm-hmm. in our neighborhood it seemed like everybody in the neighborhood were adding a patio we, we were part of that uh-huh. click because you could go and you could be in the house but this was around the summertime like the weather started to get really nice um you know may june july time frame mm-hmm. and we still weren't really going out like we were before because Cases were still on the rise, and we really haven't gotten a good handle on it. So you were still staying at home, but you wanted to have a change of scenery. So we got a patio added on to our house. Mm-hmm. Um, we there ended up buying like another desk, so we have an office, but then we put like a uh, made a little office on the loft area, so both him and I could be at home, you know, working. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies were like, "Y'all stay at home." You know, you don't need to come into the office. You still had some companies basically like, we want to see you here. But most of them were like, stay at home until we figure out what's going on. I mean, as a sidebar, that just goes to show. Um, you, you remember how, um, like at our former company, when people wanted to work, like, you know, those special hours and stuff, like, you know, mm-hmm. what was it, 1040 or 1080? I forget what it is. But you know, some people were you were four, four tens, uh, yeah. four tens for the week, and then uh, something eighty, but nine eighties. That was it. Nine yes, 80s. yeah. And they and you know they would request to work those you know types of special schedules, and you mm-hmm. know they, some some people would manage to get their uh, get leadership to agree with it, but the majority of people got a lot of static behind that. Yeah, you know the the whole work life balance is like, are y'all living up to that? But when COVID hit, they figured that ish out, and Ooh. was like, y'all still gonna be working from home. We gonna yeah. figure out how to do it. So it's like the all the infrastructure. I don't think a lot of companies had the infrastructure for people to work at home, but they mm-hmm. figured it out. And they got it done. They sure did. They expedited that. They sure did. <laughs> They, they you know, sure did. You need a computer at home. We got you. You need this, that, and the other. You need to, yeah. to strengthen your your internet signal. Here you go, hotspot, whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of changes that came with that in order for companies to continue. You know, to to do have the the their employees do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had some of that happening. But I, my heart went out to a lot of those folks who were losing their jobs. Yeah. And a lot of businesses that were being closed mm-hmm. because you needed people to come to your establishment. And those who had to have people come into the jobs they were working, that 
you know, that went to halt. A lot of restaurants that we enjoyed went out of business. I started seeing permanently closed. I'm oh, yeah. So many restaurants, so many stores. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of people felt that impact early on. You know, a lot of people weren't ramped up to adapt. You know, some restaurants yeah. was like, okay, you know, boom, we deliver. Or, mm. okay, we still in here cooking. Y'all can't eat in here, but come pick up some food or whatever. Yeah. But other places just, um, they weren't ready for it. They they no. weren't ready to, to you know, to, to change with the times. And that's really sad. And the places that were able to stay afloat, they had to change their menus. Yes. Like they couldn't offer everything. So you thinking like, okay, we can order food. I'm going to get this dish that I normally order. Mm-mm. And it wouldn't be on the menu. They had a limited menu. Like this is what we're going to make. You got to choose one of these five options. Man. Oh my goodness. Down to the details. This nasty pandemic to this day, I wish it would have never happened. I wish COVID would just go away. I wish it had never happened. Marcus's theory was that, you know, well, maybe let me be careful, you know, with saying brand names, but a certain uh, chicken sandwich that was all the rage the previous summer that people was late <laughs> around the corner. People, the world started people fighting over the last one. Yeah. And one day we were in the car and Marcus was like, you know what, mom? What what if that's where it started? What everybody eating that chicken sandwich? Uh-oh. <laughs> no names, but you know what I mean. But anyhow, that's just that's just speculation. But you know. it it was it was so sad during the time. But one thing I think, um, you know, you start trying to find some of the, the positive light. Because we had to slow down slash stop, I think people really started to discover what was important. Yes. What was important? I no longer want to do this or I no longer have to do this because I now have a chance to really focus on what I think is important. So you think about, um, I had one of my friends tell me um, her family had never really eaten dinner. Everybody was just moving around. Practice mm-hmm. for her kids. Her husband was working, but she said when that happened, when COVID came, the pandemic, she said we ate dinner. There was a lot more family talks, mm-hmm. um, and we enjoyed it. You know, being around each other because we had to. And now that has gotten them on a, a different path where they're st- incorporating some of the changes that they made within their family mm-hmm. from what COVID. I mean, there's always um, a little, some sort of a point of light or a blessing. Mm-hmm. And, and families were sort of, you know, kind of, I don't want to use the word forced, but a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> forced to be together, you know, when other times there's always something that will call you away. And, yeah. um, you know, now you're in a place where it's like, okay, we're here, we got to get along. Or if we're beefing, we got to just work it out. We sit mm-hmm. down, we eat together. And then, you know, with the mention of a lot of people losing their jobs, you know, there were a lot of people that, you know, COVID was the catalyst and was like, hey, I'm retiring early. Yeah, or I'm starting my own business. Exactly. 
that was another thing I saw people just kind of launching their own business like I now have the time to focus on this mm-hmm. and again you know kind of focusing on what was important and we had talked about you know families being somewhat forced to be together mm-hmm. because the summer was, was during that time I would see a lot of families walking together riding mm-hmm. bikes oh gosh we talk about like exercise equipment and bikes you can find nothing nowhere Oh my! Everybody was buying the Peloton. No, the the wait list for Peloton was out for months. Jeez! I remember I knew somebody. One of my friends ordered a Peloton. I think in April. Uh, they didn't come deliver it till October. Yes. Yeah. Every that was another thing. Everything was delayed. Everything was on back. Um. During twenty twenty, I remember once we got into the house. There were rooms that needed to be furnished. Um, Mm -hmm. I got furniture for my upstairs area and some new um, living room furniture. I ordered that upstairs furniture on September 4th. I remember. Um, And it didn't come to maybe the week before Christmas. Yeah. I mean, there's supply chain issues that exist to this day. Yeah. I think we are still working through that supply chain backlog and you know yeah. I remember um, my financial advisor who's out of Huntington Beach California he was telling me how um, you know you used to drive down Pacific Coast Highway and you could see like the oil rigs out in the water and stuff you could just see the ocean mm-hmm. and over by the port of Los Angeles and stuff and you would see a couple of barges in the water maybe you know a handful he sent me a picture. There were like a hundred barges just out there sitting on the wow. water. Just at all of our produce, our clothes, our like whatever's in them nondescript barges you mm. see on the water. You don't know what, what's in those things. And it's just sitting out there because wow. not enough people working at the yeah. port to unload all that stuff. Yeah. We we still seeing the effects of that too. Yeah, it like we can't keep people in certain jobs. People are like, um, I'm not doing this anymore. So oh, there's an after get creative. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't yeah. want a taste of what it's like to not work. I don't want to do yes. this. Or not do <laughs> this job that I figured I'd had to, you know, to take care of myself and my family. I don't have to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So you got some companies that are kind of struggling. You talked about furniture. So I remember, I think it was, was it 2021? I want to say it was 2021. We ended up getting our basement finished. Just, yeah. you know, we was like, well, we don't know how long, you know, we still were in the, seeing the impacts of, of COVID. And so we ended up getting our, our basement completed. And we ordered a chair from this furniture store that's mm-hmm. local here, custom made. It took nine months. For the couch to get made and get delivered, and then when they wow. brought it, it wouldn't fit down the aisle, the uh, hallway of oh, the basement. No. So we had to send it back after oh. we had waited that long. Oh my god! And the custom couch too. It was custom made, so it we had to return it. We gonna put Ooh. it back in the inventory. Ooh, child. We had to had to wait, but it took so long because. Of the supply chain issues that you mentioned. Wow. That is crazy. 
Now, I'm, one thing I yeah. I will say that I enjoyed during um, the pandemic, uh-huh. I enjoyed the versus battles that they had on Instagram. Oh my goodness! <laughs> the R and and hip hop versus battles. Some of the things that came about <laughs> during the pandemic were. You know, for that time, they were such a blessing because it just brought you out of that dark place. And yes, yeah. for me, it was those versus battles and D Nice and everybody else who oh, decided yeah. to, because Questlove started spinning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, a Stretch Armstrong, Natasha. Um, man, she's one of my favorites. Why well, am Natasha Diggs? That's her name. Uh huh. Uh huh. My favorite DJs just spinning all the time. That that really brought a lot of light to a really dark time. It it did. I just remember being so excited when they would announce, like, oh, you know, and everybody's talking about it. Are you gonna um? Are you gonna be att- like we going to a show? You gonna be attending versus? Yes, you know, it was like on a Thursday concert. night. <laughs> it was a concert. And I mean, oh, it, it just was... brought the people together. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting there typing in a little chat room, yeah. you know, live chatting with your friends. I always like to do a little live commentary when it was on. Uh, remember that first one with Babyface and Teddy Riley? Lord have mercy. <laughs> they could not get it together. Teddy Riley had an entire production team. And basically, it's like I'm just I'm just sitting here in my office. I'm just, I'm just you know, playing, playing the, the music. Yes. I'm just playing the music. I remember, I remember Teddy Riley had his little. I don't know if that was his hype man or who that man was, but they would put on <laughs> one of his songs, and this dude is doing the running man, like you know, like this is the hyping song. Like he's giving a show, and we typing. Uh, we can't hear the music. Right. <laughs> we see we what y'all doing. <laughs> we can't hear nothing, but we see what y'all are doing. We we give you a for effort, and they had to end up rescheduling, didn't they? Yeah, they shut it down and ended up rescheduling. Um, I remember being uh online when D Nice, you know, D Nice had at this point he had been spending maybe a couple days, mm-hmm. and then once people started spreading the word like you need to come you know D-Nice is live you know go yeah. to music club quarantine <laughs> it became the thing so I remember being on there I think it was March 21st of 2020 mm-hmm. and I was there when he hit like a hundred thousand people oh man on you know listening to him spin and you could see the people coming in and out of the chat you know, after a while, it just became, you know, the thing to do. You start seeing politicians coming in and out of like, oh, Kamala Harris is Kamala Harris. Oh. <laughs> Kamala Harris sitting up there typing, you know, how, how about some uh, Bob Marley or whatever? <laughs> Making <laughs> <You> know, requests. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you would just see that. And it was just like, wow, it really brought the world together. And I mean, D. Knight has seen a you know, I, I see him on all kinds of stuff now he's being called to do. And, yeah. You know, I remember him back in the day being a rapper. And then I remember every now and again, I would see his face pop up in one of the black magazines. And, you know, he was still spinning and DJing and stuff. But that really caused a resurgence for him. It was a real yeah. blessing for him. It, it was. And it gave us joy. Like you said, you know, it was something to look forward to. 
um, different times wherever you're located, he was advertising, okay, we're having club quarantine and at this time, so people would just join. It was just, it really was something to look forward to. It was that little, that little light that we needed. It was, it really was. Because, I mean, if, if you didn't need it at any other time, I mean, what, what's the alternative? Turning on MSNBC and whatever, yeah, CNN, and how many people are dying? At that mm-hmm. point, it was like, you know, the wheel is just going to keep turning. We might yeah. as well find some some way to escape and be happy and stay safe in our homes without being tempted to go out anywhere. Yeah, and he he and so many others provided that outlet. He did, he did, and I I was so thankful that Swiss Beats and Timberland started the whole versus thing mm-hmm. again. Something for us to look forward to. They would have dates, and you'd be like, oh these. You know the guests, the the people that were doing the battles. Um, I, I forget sometimes that these celebrities also and entertainers they're also at home going through the same things we we're going through. Yeah, I, and so that probably gave them joy too. It was so many people canceling. You know, had to cancel their tours and stuff. I, yeah. I was watching the documentary the other day about Lizzo, yeah. and there's a scene in there where her agent or whoever her manager calls her and and, and uh, gives her the news that the whole I think she was supposed to perform at Coachella or she was supposed to do something super huge and she was just devastated because it was called off due to COVID and there was no wow. it was just indefinite there was no set date of when things would be back to normal I, I think one of the most depressing things you sort of alluded to it earlier Nina was the uncertainty that's the worst yeah yeah, we didn't know. At least we, when you we, have we, a, when you can put an end date on something, you can deal yeah. with it a little better. But oof. there was no end date, and I kept thinking to myself during the time. I kept telling myself, "It is not always going to be like this. We just, you know, we're going through a rough patch. Mm-hmm. We will eventually get out of this." But then at some point, you know, there's some days I'm like, "When is this going to end? Like, will we get when out of it? Yeah, will we get out of this?" It was uh it was so it was rough. And I mean, uh to be quite honest, like it was sort of um you know, that pair with the bubbling up of the uh impending twenty twenty election. So uh, along mm-hmm. with all of this we got going on with the pandemic, we also got candidates, you know, mm-hmm. running for office. You know, we got debates going on. Uh, the, the the coronavirus becomes a huge talking point and these yeah. people's appeal to get people's votes. And I mean, it, it was like everything was coming to a head. I mean, election 2020, I just remember at a certain point just tuning out and saying, you know what, I'm going to vote. And then I, I got to turn off the news. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it. I even We're got off social phone. media for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It was needed, though. It was needed to keep the sanity. Yeah. It was certain <laughs> things that you just couldn't handle that you did have to take a break. So mm-hmm. we couldn't really go anywhere besides our homes. And so you would just jump to, you know, social media. But then, like you said, taking a break from that, it was needed. 
even social media got to be too much because you saw the division on there. Um, yep. People were so passionate and emboldened in their respective beliefs that, you know, sometimes you, I, I mean, I, there were people that I unfriended during that period, you know, oh, and yeah. I know that sounds extreme, but it's like emotions are running high, mm-hmm. you know, black people are really, really fighting for their place in society to not be seen as second class citizens and just being, you know, we starting to feel like it's, it's hunting season for us. It's open season. Yeah. People dying in the streets and then here's your, you know, somebody you know talking about, you know, well, if the, if if they're protesting in the streets when I get on the freeway, I'm just going to drive through them. Uh, no, oh man. Unfriend. We're not doing that. Um, you know, so unbelievable. It, it got to that point and then that pair with people posting about their relatives and friends passing away yeah. and I mean, Detroit became at one point I think third in the nation for the number of people dying. Oh. You know, people are mad because the governor is taking a strong stance and shutting everything down. Now people are threatening the governor of Michigan. You know, Jeez. surrounding their house, threatening the killer, sending people out to get. I mean, it was just a mess. My friend, one one of the things I remember when it came to, um, actually, no, that wasn't even. I don't even think that was was that twenty. So this was after twenty twenty. This is long after like the initial COVID or whatever. This mm-hmm. is when people were out a little bit. Not still not in full force, but kind of just getting out there. Um, my dear friend lost her grandmother. Um, she was vaccinated and her mom was not. They went to the funeral, they believed they contracted COVID at the funeral. Mm-hmm. My friend got through her COVID, her mom passed away. I remember it was the week of. Oh. And it just was another reminder, like how people can just be here one day and then gone the next. That is so crazy. You know, it just it hits home. You know, my even. Oh, what were you gonna say, Nina? I was gonna say during the time where people were passing away, mm-hmm. a lot of the services were not traditional. You couldn't yeah. go. We attended a couple services online. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you it was streaming because it wasn't a lot of people that can actually attend. Um, and that was a sad moment, too, because you really couldn't say your goodbyes like you normally would. Mm-hmm. You had to just do it through a screen. And I mean, those people, too, you know, when they're in the hospital, a lot mm-hmm. of people oh, yeah. die alone in the hospital. Yeah. They oh, my gosh. You, you know? couldn't have any visitors there. I mean, it was just—it was a crazy time. I gotta ask you, Nina. So, in the midst of this, we're talking about all the COVID going on around us. At mm-hmm. any point, did you end up getting COVID? I did not. Me and the girls did not. So grateful, but Darren did. Oh my goodness! How did he? he, did. he how did it? You know, Matt uh, show up with him. So it's kind of crazy because we had went on vacation um, in 2021. Mm-hmm. So this was last year that he caught it. He caught it mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of 
2022 January February time frame and he was really really ill Mm -hmm. didn't feel well couldn't really eat so he isolated and I think that kind of took a toll on him because he's like I'm in a house with people but I can't be around you Um, so about a week and a half I was doing everything you know taking the girls uh, to school or Kaylin to school, making sure Brielle was on the bus. No, she, I don't think she was. She she was on the bus at that time, mm-hmm. but it was just me, you know, making sure they had dinner. Um, he just basically isolated himself in quarantined himself in a bedroom that we had upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would come down and he would, you know, sit on the stairs while we were eating or whatnot. And talk with us, but then after that, when he would go back, but he was he was drained. He was so tired. Man, oh man, yeah. Um, I ended up getting it. Um, and I, I guess I'll preface it by saying too, Texas um seemed to be a little bit more lenient with opening stuff back up during this time than I remember mm. people in other states being. Um, California was still largely shut down. You know, people still dining outdoors gyms and things still not open you know mm-hmm. if they can michigan was sort of the same way meanwhile in texas you know as long as you had your mask there you go <laughs> and people was fussing about that wow and so um i remember you know the gyms were open and stuff and it took me a long time to be like okay i'm gonna go to that stuff um I, you know i follow all the protocol i did the social distancing I did the hand sanitizer after being out and about, come home, immediately put them clothes in the washing machine, get in the shower, put on something fresh. You know, I was Mm -hmm. doing all of the things, keeping the kids in the house. Um, You know, and if anybody need to go out, it would be me to go get food or whatever if I didn't have it delivered. Mm -hmm. And so we come to the end of 2020 and you know, I'm like, you know, I think I could maybe get out again. And I, I, I signed up for um, for a boot camp class that they have locally around here. Mm-hmm. And they they were doing sign ups, but it was in lower numbers. So half the people that they were allowing for a session is what they would have instead of what they were their full, you know, what they would normally have. And so I was doing that for probably about a good month. I think I started the last couple weeks of um of December I remember being there on New Year's Eve because I'm like look at me on New Year's Eve before the year start you know working out mm-hmm. and so then after a few weeks of doing that I noticed I had this persistent cough uh, I would cough almost to the point of like I would be about to throw up like a real hacking like dry heave cough one day, Marcus saw me in the living room coughing, spitting up, and carrying on. He was like, uh, Mom, <laughs> he's like, Mom, you need to go to the hospital. And so I didn't go to the hospital, but I did go to our urgent care. I got a test. The first test they gave me was that, you know, the one where you get the results in a few minutes. That uh-huh, was like a rapid test. Neg- yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. the rapid the the rapid result one, and then um you know they were like well, you know it says you're negative, and I'm like eh give me the PCP, send it off to the lab because I do not feel normal, this mm-hmm. does not feel right. Sure enough, 
I got a voicemail saying the result of the COVID test that you took the other day is positive. Mm. So I ended up having to go back, get a prescription. They gave me something for the cough. But I remember being quarantined here with the boys. Lord have mercy. Oh, man. Boys that still like to cuddle with their mama, the big one and the little one. And the big one understands a little bit better to stay away than the little one does. Mm-hmm. And I remember I just had to be, you know, you know how in my house, pretty much that whole, you know, east part of the house from the garage is the master suite. So I was confined to, you know, my closet, my bathroom, and my bedroom, and maybe the patio. And um, I had to use DoorDash a whole lot. Thank goodness Marcus was old enough to, you know, get the food and have him and Miles eat. And they would just play until it was bedtime. Mm-hmm. And for that two weeks that I had to quarantine, that's just the way that we had to do it. I'd have my mask on, you know, still having to shoot. At that point, Miles is still in pull-ups, diapers, whatever at the time. You know, I still had to change them, but I had to be real strategic and kind of be far away but still do it and it was just a nightmare nightmare. I can only imagine and did the boys (laughs) ever get anything Hmm? you said did the uh, did the boy no the boys never got uh, and I don't want to jinx it lord good yeah no not going (laughs) to do it but yeah they, they never got it thank god and I was worried about Marcus getting it because um, you know, at first he started off that school year doing the remote thing. And child, when you talk about, you know, kids and that whole social aspect and it affecting them, Marcus did not thrive in remote school. I think all kids did. He um I remember the principal of his school calling and saying, Oh, we just want to check in, you know, see how things are going, you know, because we noticed a lot of missing assignments and absences mm. from class and tardies and we just want to make sure Marcus is doing all right which is Prosper School District thank you so much because they, they I, I really feel like I moved to one of the best school districts in the world because the way they address these boys as if like they're the only children in a little enclave of children when it's a zillion children in Prosper but yeah. they you know care for the individual child so they called specifically to check on Marcus and she was like well you know what Um, you know if you're up to it because not every parent wants to do it they had given us a choice at the beginning of the year to either send the kids to school or stay home and of course I chose stay home because hello Mm -hmm. well I ended up taking a chance and letting him go to in-person school and lo and behold you know he that is where he does better in school yes. around his people yes we had the same option a lot of Brielle's friends they did homeschooling for a year mm-hmm. for um I think it was second grade yeah second grade mm-hmm. but we chose to send her you know she had her mask every day mm-hmm. we had sanitizer in her bag the classrooms thank goodness were a lot smaller at the mm-hmm. time, there are a lot of parents who decided to do the the at home schooling. But yeah. we sent her to school because we said she needed that social interaction and she learns better, you know, with that one on one teacher, student, and other classmates in her mm-hmm. classroom. So we knew we were taking a risk, but we thought that 
that risk was a little bit more critical for us to take instead of keeping her at home. I mean, I just remember times because at this point, daycare had opened back up. I remember they closed mm-hmm. in March. And then I think around July time frame, I got the email saying, hey, you know, we're open, but limited. And mm-hmm. I remember the way they used to, for a long time, I couldn't even go in the school. I would bring Miles to the little glass enclosure. They would check his temperature and then let him in. And I would say goodbye at, in the entrance. Mm-hmm. And so I would take Miles to school and be like, Marcus, uh, you have to log on to your school. You know, science starts at like 9, 10 or whatever. And um, I would come home and Mr. Marcus would be in the kitchen fixing himself a bowl of cereal. And I'm like, um, <laughs> aren't you supposed to be in class? And he'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. And I mean, when I look back at his schedule, it reminds me of like when I used to do little co- color coded blocks on my schedule at work and like mm-hmm. meetings that overlap and you have to decide what's more important. And, you know, wow. am I a key stakeholder in this meeting or just a looky-loo? Do I go to this? Yeah. Or His schedule looked more complicated than that. Jeez. And for a little fourth grader to have to do that. And I remember him toggling between two laptops. He had his own Chromebook oh. and the one issued by the school. That's too much. And, you know, he'd be watching the teacher on one Chromebook and then typing something in the other one to do research or whatever. It was just, it was a lot. It was too much for him. Poor thing. Yeah. I'm so happy that we are beyond and we've seen better days. And again, we still have things that we're still recuperating from COVID, but things are so much better than they were you know, months, and even after a year that COVID mm-hmm. started. So I am grateful that we are past that time. And there's still some things that remain from COVID that is like, you know, okay, y'all instituted that during COVID for specific reasons, whatever. Keep that. Like, I like going to Target and using the app and shopping on the app and them sending me a message like, your order is ready and I drive up yeah. to I put it in the trunk. Y'all can keep that. <laughs> well, I am very excited that Cheesecake Factory now does uh, <laughs> reservations. <laughs> Thank you, Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> there are some some uh, things that uh, occurred that are worth, you know, saving. <laughs> and, and there's a couple more, you know. But again, just we're we're so grateful that we we've gotten past this time. I mean. Sidebar, you mentioned Cheesecake Factory. I'm glad they got reservations now, too, because 2021, my whole family was up here. You know, well, not the whole family, but a whole lot of them was <laughs> down here to visit. We mm-hmm. went to Cheesecake Factory, and we was about 12 deep. Us oh. And um, and I was, you know, I was like, okay, well, I know for a, a party that big, we need to call ahead. I called Cheesecake Factory and they're like, oh, you know, well, when you get here, we'll, you know, see what we can do. I'm uh-uh. like, excuse me? Y'all need to have a 12. table ready. You know, y'all need to have a reservation for us. We can't just yes. come here. So I remember we got there and, you know, they gave us our little thing that buzz when it's ready. We went over to Barnes and Noble. All the kids was running around looking at books. 
But yeah, long story short, I'm glad Cheesecake Factory has reservations now too. (laughs) But Cheesecake Factory, you know, regardless if you had a party at 12 or 2, you still have to wait. It's crazy. (laughs) So grateful. So thank you uh, to Cheesecake Factory for, you know, just trying to cater to their customers. Thank you. And I mean, with the whole, um, with people going back to work and stuff, uh, I'm not sure how everybody's work dynamic is. And if some people, you know, had to go back to report back to work like old times by a certain date. But for most of the people, you know, that I know, they're still having the option to either work remotely from home or go in if they want to. Yeah. Hybrid, hybrid schedules. Yeah. That's become more of a permanent mainstay. Yeah. places which I think it should have been in the first place it should have been I think I have been so grateful that I haven't been to the office since March 13th of 2020 consistently I've gone in here and there for a special conference or you know to meet somebody but I mm-hmm. work from home and I am so grateful and I'm like I am so much more productive because I don't have to get dressed fully mm-hmm. it's nice top but I got pajama pants on the bottom sometimes Listen, um, dressed up I, from the chest up. There you go. Hello, hello. <laughs> Party of top. <laughs> but um, I don't have to get in the car, you know, waste gas because at one point gas prices were insane. Yeah, and I wouldn't say waste gas, but you know, use your gas. And I was driving twenty eight miles one way to and from work. Oh wow, yeah, that's a commute. That's yeah, it was it was too much. And so now when I actually get off. And I shut down. I still have time to cook dinner mm-hmm. before everybody really gets home, and we can all eat dinner together. I'm not as stressed about what we're gonna eat, how the night is going in, because I am just going from one room to another. So it's it's been so nice. I mean, COVID really called corporates bluff. Um, they did with regard to this work, like because I mean you. Think about the image of your company you see when you go to a job fair mm-hmm. versus the reality once you get there. Yeah. You know, everybody's touting this work-life balance as a bullet point and they little, you know, why you should work at a place, you know, as a selling point and all of that. And then you go to work at some of these places and it's, you know, you you encounter a little pushback when you... Mm-hmm when you want to um, exercise some of that work-life balance. Yeah. So now, you know, today we even seen what you can do. Lord, I seen what you done for the others. Please do mm-hmm. it for me. Yes. <laughs> so, Please do. Uh, yeah, we, we've seen the way these workplaces can adapt. So we, we know it's not as difficult as some of them might have attributed it to be. Because, I mean, let's face it, some bosses for their own ego no shade bosses but some of y'all need the feeling of having people out there and and having your office over here and you can walk out and see what your people are doing like for bosses with the need to micromanage you know they probably not very happy with everybody working remote but hey you know but let's keep in mind just because you can see me at work doesn't mean I'm being productive exactly hello hello so that was a lesson learned too yes i am not in your presence and i can get things done but if i'm just sitting next to you 
you think I'm doing work, but I could just be sitting here shopping online. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Not no. saying I did, but I had some teammates that that were doing that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you just you just here not working, but because we can see you here, your manager thinks that you actually getting something done. Exactly. I mean, it just goes to show that just you know your physical presence does not you know equate to you being mm-hmm. more productive than somebody working from home. It just doesn't. Absolutely. And I've learned again, you can get more out of me if I'm working from home because I can kind of cancel out the noise if I don't have to drive somewhere I'm not as tired I'm not thinking about oh I gotta hurry up and get out of here so I can beat the traffic home or pick up you know get closer to home so I can pick up my kids or stop by the store and pick up dinner or something mm-hmm. for later so it, it it just um that is one definitely one thing that work-life balance the true work-life balance I call it more a work-life blend because it is blended together Yes, but it is it is one thing that I definitely have really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Indeed, so, good. so I will wrap us up with a quote. I think we touched on just about everything during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, our listeners can relate to some of the things that we mentioned. But uh, there's a quote that I found, and I thought this quote went very well with our episode. Mm-hmm. And the quote says, "No, nobody is exempt from the trials of life, but everyone can always find something positive in everything, even in the worst of times." Ooh, and that quote is by Roy T. Bennett. And Roy is right, especially the things that we talked about. What came out, positive endings that came out of COVID, even though there are a lot of things that we struggled with during the time, but mm-hmm. there are a few things that were put in place that we, we definitely appreciate and are still in um, still in work. Yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just thank goodness that, you know, we're here today to talk about it because, but by yeah. God, <laughs> you, know, you. Um, you know, it could be, it could have been any of us that was taken out by that thing. So, yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, so grateful. Know, I, I just, you know, pray everybody just stays happy and healthy and, you know, pray for better times and politics and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just the the general state of the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm hoping that we don't see any more of these, especially during our days and especially during our kids' days. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe we've learned something as not even a country, but just the, the the world has learned something. Maybe we can be better prepared if this does occur in the future. And I mean, you know, if any if anybody's sitting around in a lab creating these things, please stop. Please. Please stop. We don't want it. Because, you know, if you're trying to take over and trying to take out a bunch of people, but with a uh, bio warfare, it's like what what will you have to lead? Nothing. Yeah. No one will be left, and nothing will be left. That's enough about that because I don't want nobody coming after me. But I know that's right. Stop. We just <laughs> asked you to please stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, Miss another day done in this crazy world we live in. I'm telling you, uh, uh, I'm glad, like you said, we're here to at least talk about it and reminiscing um, 
tough times at the moment, but I'm glad we made it through. Indeed. We as in the entire world, not just yeah. you and I, but you know, we, we did. Mm-hmm. So. Well, listeners, um, <laughs> I hope that you were able to reminisce with us. Again, we appreciate you for supporting us and we do have one more episode that we're doing next week before season two ends oh my goodness can you believe it already over it has gone by very fast goodness oh child it's a lot yes it is but we will be preparing for that and we will be sharing and talk with you next week Kristen any last words from you you know what no last words on the topic but just in general we always want you to um, remember that you can reach us on our Gmail, coffee to cocktails podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to us and send us a line. Um, we're also on social, social media, Facebook, um, and Instagram under coffee to cocktails. Um, so feel free to interact with us there. We love to hear from you. And per usual, don't forget to subscribe share, like, review. Whatever the functionality is on whatever platform you're using to show approval for us, please utilize that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, again, we'll be with you next week. Kristen, we will touch base and we will chat next week. Indeed. Bye, Nina. Okay. Good night. (laughs)